Welcome to the Live Wildly podcast, a space where we explore how to live our wildest expressions while nourishing our hearts. Here, we cover all things motherhood, spirituality, health, wellness, and more. I'm your host, Olivia Ashley, a mama, intuitive, and seeker of a joyful, inspired life. Let's dare to live wildly. Hello, my Live Wildly listeners. How are you doing? Like, if you check in with your heart right now and take a breath and ground into your body and just settle in, how are you feeling? How has your day been going? How has your week been going? Is there anything heavy on your heart? Does your heart feel light? full of sun hopefully and yeah I just want to take a moment to connect and say hello hello to your heart hello my heart and welcome back to another week I am feeling okay if I check in myself I'm coming off of a weekend spending a few days at my mom's house and that's always really nice. I think it's good to get up there and see my sisters and her, but they live a good nearly two hours away when there's some traffic and with three kids and a dog that I take up by myself, it can be a lot. It amazes me how much we have to bring and I've really tried to simplify my packing, but man, it tests my stress levels and it tests my ability to just feel grounded or centered or relaxed. And I know that's really all I should be doing when I'm up there, but it's always so big when I have to just get there and be there with my family. And those aspects are nice. And we, we had fun. We got to go into Boulder, Colorado, and I had not been back since August of last year when I was very heavily pregnant. And I went for a a team meeting of sorts on campus. And that was really great. But I, you know, when I was leaving, you just never know what's going to happen when you go on maternity leave. And I remember being like, is this one of my last times up here, at least for a while, how's this going to be? And, you know, I forget how much I am connected with Boulder. Lily was born there and we, Stephen and myself had so much life there. We lived there for just under a decade and I still work for the university, but I am far removed. I'm down South and I don't need to go up. I don't go up very often. You know, I haven't even been back since coming back from my maternity leave. I haven't checked in with my team, but I got to take the kids and stone for the first time outside my belly into town and we walked Pearl Street and got lunch and I got to see my little sisters play and that was all really nice. So it overall was good. It's just every time it it brings me back to the reflection of I still have a lot of work to do in terms of how I react, how I deal with stress, um, especially when it feels, I, I, Steven can never really come cause I only go on the weekends cause I'm working otherwise and he works weekends, but it leaves a lot for me to do and be when it's just me. And thankfully the older kids are mostly good and great at this point, but 
Oh, yeah. I feel like I need a little moment to just recenter. So why don't we, like I said in the beginning, check in with our heart for a moment and just take a really deep inhale. Nice open mouth exhale. Once again, inhale through the nose. Open mouth, exhale. And just tune to your breath. If you can close your eyes, you can do so, or you can just find somewhere to gaze for a moment. Letting your inhales be a little longer than usual. And your exhales a little slower. You might want to wiggle your toes or your fingers and your hips to just get a little release and a little shifts in it. I like to do this because it makes me become aware of the subtleties of my body as I move my toes, who I haven't said hi to all day, or I move my fingers with intentionality. Just drop your awareness into your belly. Maybe even your womb space. And just breathe. Say hello to yourself. And breathe in this new life, this vitality, this breath that brings us to being, right? And as we exhale, just imagine releasing and cleansing and earthing. We'll take one more breath together, inhaling full up. And exhaling all our air out. That feels a little better. So that is how I am right now. And as I shift gears into introducing my guest on today's podcast, I am really excited to bring you all a close friend of mine, Liz Nyhart. She has been living in a fifth wheel RV camper since 2019 with her husband, Ryan, and their three kids. They have been traveling full-time, moving nearly every week to one month to a new location all over the U.S. So since 2015, Liz has been learning more and more about how food and plants interact with our body and has helped others heal their ailments. She just completed a detoxification certification, and she just loves helping others empower themselves to heal. And that is a big topic of what we cover in today's episode, but we also dive into her story and why she even became interested in health and her diet and how she can heal herself and how plants can be very supportive. And this might feel, I think to some restrictive maybe sometimes, but in reality, A lot of this is well known. You know, if you've been running in this circle or maybe you haven't of understanding toxins in our water, in our body care, in, you know, just our fashion, 
in our food. I mean, everything is, there's just a lot that we are bombarded with. And so getting to understand how we eat, how the food we bring in our body can either be detrimental or give you less energy or zap your energy. And then how other foods can be very supportive and nourishing and life-giving to your cells and your body. So we cover a lot about that. And then we also talk a lot about homeschooling and how she even came to be in a camper and traveling and what that has meant for her kids and them and the challenges and then the benefits and also her intuitive powers and her story about what really started to reopen those channels for her. And then, yeah, we dive into food and a lot about just understanding, I'd say some of the basics. And I think it's a really supportive episode, especially if you're feeling like you want to make a change, not that you have to make the full change that Liz has done, but it's a really beautiful story to listen to and also inspiring to say, what is going on with me? What challenges have I faced and getting inspired to ask why and find the answer for yourself that feels good. And then also live your why. I mean, she really has just shown how can you trust? How do you trust yourself? How do you listen to yourself? And how do you make and take action based on that? Even if those actions might look very different, scary, odd to some people, but in reality, it's just life and we are all unique expressions and this is Liz's expression and I love it because I think this is coming more and more the norm the norm in sense of people are starting to look elsewhere or want alternatives to how we are schooling how we are living whether it's in a house an apartment a boat an RV off grid you know there's so many opportunities and I'm really excited to explore this and people's heart-led decisions of what has brought them there. And my relationship with Liz is such a beautiful one. We met in 2021 when me and my family were traveling in our RV for six months and we were in Capitol Reef. I think it was like April or maybe May at that point of 2021. And we had met no one on the road. We had been traveling. So probably one to two months at that point and really made no friends, nothing. We were in a good groove at this point, but flying solo. And I just have to share the story of how she came into our life because it was so funny. We had not gotten mail in a long time. And I can't remember if we were receiving something or we were needing to send something, but in Capitol Reef, Stephen took the kids while I was working to go to the post office. We had, you know, found our spot and I was settled there and at the post office and Liz and him kind of just like have an interaction. I think they say something to each other. He would tell you better. I, I need to re-ask him this story, but had some type of interaction like, oh, are you camping? Are you traveling? Oh yeah, we are. Okay, cool. Well, nice to meet you. Bye. And so Stephen comes back and was like, oh yeah, I met someone. That was, that was cool. We haven't really run into anyone else doing what we're doing. And then literally like five minutes later, here comes this big truck. And I love this because Liz and her family have like the most souped up truck. And so she's driving this big truck and then she then kind of like sees us outside and stops. 
and says, oh my gosh, oh, you're here. Like we just parked right there. I mean, they were literally like uh, 500 yards away from us. And so she's like, come on down, come down later and come hang out. We've got two other families and kids and yeah, that's so cool. Come over. And me being an introvert and like nervousness, I got like, oh my gosh, who is this person? Should we even go? Oh, like I started to have like social anxiety. Cause again, we've been out on the road by ourselves, just living our best life. And, and it's nerve wracking. You never know who they're going to be, but Steven's like, we're going, you're just about to be done with work. Let's go hang out. And so we went, we talked a bit and then we made plans for the next day to go all on this big hike. And so we had the plans. We're going to meet there. So we did that. And we ended up, my family being really early. We got to the place and they didn't show up for a good hour or maybe more. And we almost left and started to go back. And then they, they all got there and you walk in the riverbed, this hike was, and then you ended up against the cliff walls. And there was, I want to say a waterfall, but a little watering hole you could swim in. You could play in the dirt in with some trees and stuff around. It was just a beautiful day. And that's where we really got to know each other. And then I also got to meet someone who is also one of my closest friends to this day, her family there. And then Liz's family and um, my other friend now, their family, we all traveled for a few weeks together. We, you know, would split off and then we were back and forth over the next coming months together and stayed in touch. And then Liz and I just kind of, we didn't lose touch, but we both were going through a lot in our lives after Steve and I made a decision to not travel and we came back to Colorado. Uh, we tried to hook up with them one time and it just didn't work out. And then we've just kind of watched each other, I think from social media and a distance and then having this podcast and everything, I was like, I miss Liz. I miss her. She's so wonderful. has all this knowledge. And so we reconnected and it's like, we never had any time between us. And I know her family had gone through a lot of, I'd say trials in their life of navigating. I think a lot of us were handed a very hard last year, two years to navigate and say, what are our priorities? What isn't working? What do we need to shift out? And how do we make that happen? So I think this is a wonderful time to be coming back. You're catching her and myself at a period of, I'd say, coming out through a dark night of the soul, in a sense, and us reimagining and digging into where do we want to go from here? And for me, this has been this podcast and starting to share more of my life with you all. And for Liz, it's been now diving even more into nutrition and empowering others to heal themselves. And so I think you will really enjoy this. It's a very well-rounded episode, I would say. And yeah, I am going to kick it off to the episode. Thank you all for tuning in. And if you liked this episode, please share with any friends or family that you think would be interested. And if you'd be willing to rate and review the podcast, that would be hugely wonderful and so appreciated. So here's the episode. Hi, Liz. Welcome to the Live Wildly podcast. 
exciting. Yay. I'm so excited. I know we've chatted all about you in the intro, but why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your background and your story. Yes. So when you say story, this one's funny because I think we all have so many stories in our life. And it's, I think you really think of these pinpoint transitions that really have kind of changed the way that you live. And so for my most recent change of the way that I live is that's kind of my story that I am living in now. And I am married. I have three children. And a lot of it has to do with 2015. We'll just get there. So 2015, I was pregnant with my third child. And at that same time, my middle child, my son, he was having some health issues. He was having full body eczema problems and some digestive issues. And I was already starting to be a little bit more into the natural way of doing things um, with my, my daughter, my oldest. And so when he started to not be doing well, he was um, just kind of like earaches all the time and not feeling good. And then the eczema and everything, I really started to dive into how to help him because when I would go to the doctor, the doctors, um, we saw multiple, they just wanted to prescribe a um, kind of something to numb what was going on. And I was really questioning of like, well, how is this going to stop it altogether? Like what's causing it? Cause I ask a lot of whys, like, what is causing it? Why is this even starting? What's going on? And it was a lot of stress going on in our family also with that. And then at the same time, my husband was not happy with work. And I started having some stuff going on with me health-wise. And the biggest one was I was seven months pregnant. And I started to get this rash over my entire body. And it went from the neck, you know, all the way to my fingertips and down through my feet. And it was so uncomfortable, I couldn't sleep. And so I went in and the doctor said that she thought it was scabies. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I went through, you know, this emotional, like, we got to clean everything. We're so dirty. Like everything's got to get clean and just like crying and so upset and just totally cleaning everyone and everything. But when I started doing research on it, it was like, you know, it's super like once one person has it, everybody, but I was the only one Mm -hmm. having, like having this reaction. And so it went away. Like they gave me some steroids that apparently was okay being pregnant but you know, um, things I know now, (laughs) so we went through all this. I had my third child and around that time I had another reaction and went in and realized it was not scabies because I'm breastfeeding. I'm connected to my child all day long you know, I have little ones, they're on, you know, all of mine are two years apart ish. So four year old, two year old, and then a newborn. So like, they're just on me all the time. And no one else is having any sort of reaction. So I just went out and said, there's no way this is scabies. 
I need to know what's going on so I can fix it. I can't sleep. I'm like completely miserable. Like what is going on? So they sent me to a dermatologist and the dermatologist took one look at me and was like, oh, you, you're having an eczema breakout. So I realized not only is my son going through eczema, but I am also going through eczema. And what, why, like, why is that happening? What's going on? So um, I was talking to a friend and her son had eczema and she said the main thing that happened for them is they went to a functional medicine doctor and that helped a lot. And so we went there and it was like the first step of healing for us. And it was such a huge relief. She said that it was the food that we were eating and um, gave us some ideas for herbal tinctures to use. And within a couple weeks, both my son and I started healing. Wow. And it really turned the corner for us. Um, so at the same time that all of that was happening, my husband and I realized we could no longer also live in the Portland, Oregon area that we were living in. It was getting too busy and he was just not happy with work and it just wasn't like energetically fitting for us anymore. It was really hard for me to think about moving away from my family because they all live in that area. But we started the process and realized that we didn't know where we wanted to move to. And so while all this healing is going on, we're also trying to think of where we want to move. And uh, we would take vacations and, you know, go down to Bend or go to Hood River or, you know, some places that maybe are less populated, but maybe still kind of close. And none of those felt right for us. And around this time, too, I was starting to tap more into my intuitive powers and getting a lot of messages that were coming, too. And so I woke up one morning and just said, we just have to sell the house. I don't know where we're going, but we just have to start this process and then things will align and happen. But we need to just sell the house. And Ryan, my husband was just so supportive of like, okay, let's do it. Like, we're just, we'll just see what happens. And of course we got all the questions of like, what are you doing? Where are you going? What's going on? <laughs> you know. And so we ended up in that time realizing that we wanted to move into a fifth wheel RV camper and just visit some places that maybe we thought we wanted to live and see how they felt. And so, yeah, we put our house on the market. It sold in three days and we like right after it sold, we realized we had one month to figure out what we were going to do. <laughs> and, you know, I'm so grateful. My mom said we could move in with her if we absolutely needed to. But in that time, we actually found this RV that had solar and bunk, a bunk room, everything that was on our list of what we wanted. And so we got it. And so by July, we left Portland and went on the road. 
Liz, you're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That is is the transition of what, where we are now. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I just, there's so much there. And I I look back and like, if you hadn't asked why, or just said, okay, I'll take those steroids. I'm going to slather him up. And then we're just going to go on with our life. Like how much worse could it have gotten and, or who, and where would you be today? Thankfully you didn't. And you listened and I'm just, I'm going to have to pull on this thread since you said your intuitive powers came forward. How was that like for you? Did you have some inkling that your intuition was building and, or you were always intuitive or how does that show up in your life now, especially being able to even trust that and with Mm -hmm. such a big thing as selling your house? I'm just curious. Yeah. You know, I always had a strong knowing and I got, you know, growing up, it was like, well, how do you even know that? You know, like, you can't know that. How do you know that? And so a lot of doubt did happen throughout just, you know, going to school and everything like that. But what was great is around this time, I met a friend who was also moving more into her spirituality and um, intuitive, uh, not met, I reconnected, I should say, with a friend. And so she also introduced me to a group of people that were doing that. And um, it brought back that confidence of, yes, trust yourself. Like those dreams that you're having that then you realize later had a message that came true. That's because you have that, you have that power. And I, during this time I was having, because I wasn't giving myself the time during the day, I would have these huge dreams that I would wake up and they just were burned into my head. And so I would write them down and I would really like kind of sit with them throughout the day because I couldn't let it go. And I realized it was messages of like transition and, you know, just trust and like just all the things that I needed in that moment. Um, I think when it really started to come back was my dad passed from lymphoma in 2010. And it was before my, I, we, uh, it was right after Ryan and I got married, but it was before we started having kids and Uh, or I'm sorry, he died in 2011. Sorry. But anyways, um, I think soon after that, it really, because I was looking for that connection still with him. So it really triggered me to kind of look beyond the veil to see if I could still connect. And um, the biggest one of when I really remember tapping into my power again was um, my daughter was two and she had this horse thing that sang it was like a rocking horse that sang and it um, stopped you would pinch the ear and it would sing a song and it stopped doing that and um, growing up my dad showed me a lot of electrical stuff so I actually am pretty knowledgeable with that stuff and so I was like oh I think all I need to do is solder this wire together and I don't have a soldering tool but I knew that my dad did with you know at my mom's and so I called my mom and I said hey I want to come over and look for this soldering tool and so I went over and I looked everywhere and I could not find it at all 
And I was so mad because I was just in some major grief of like, if my dad was here, we would absolutely be doing this together. Like, you know, I wouldn't be searching for this tool. Anyways, major grief. And I just was like mad and just like, ah, why did you leave? And um, so then went to bed and had a dream. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And the dream was I'm at my mom's house and he's just standing in front of me. He doesn't say anything. He's just standing in front of me. He walks me out to the garage and he points to this area and that's it. Oh my gosh. So the next morning I called my mom and I said, Hey, can you look in this one spot to see if that's where the tool is? And it was there. I can just so. feel him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is amazing. And yeah. he, he helped you. He couldn't yeah. come and show you, but he helped you. Yeah. That's amazing. He's like, come on, Liz, calm down. It's right here. You know? <laughs> yes. Oh, that is beautiful, Liz. Thank you for sharing that. And I know when you and I met, we definitely would pull cards and use our intuition to find our V spots and as we would travel. And I know you do so more today. I'd say, do you have any tips for those who are listening to this and maybe can relate? I've never had dreams like that. I don't get dreams, but I know a lot of people who do that you would want to share or just as you're raising your kids, how do we help them know that this is not like it they're not invalid that this is true that what is coming through is can actually support them I feel like you're someone who does a really good job showing and reflecting that with your children oh thank you I think you have to trust yourself because and that's the biggest thing that I had to learn and by trusting myself I can trust my kids on what they say so when my son says you're not my mom my mom is on a different planet, you know, like I can be like, okay, well, tell me about that, you know, instead of being like, oh my gosh, I'm your mom, you know, you're being silly. What are you talking about? But I also don't, don't put yourself down if you have done that because we only know what we know. So Mm -hmm. if, you know, my daughter, she will, I'll be just like thinking like, oh, I'm going to get out this to eat and she'll then come in and say can I have this exact thing and so when that happens I'll say hey I was just thinking of that you either I picked up on what you were thinking or you picked up on what I was thinking like we were absolutely you just if you recognize that stuff and you confirm it with them in that moment that helps build it for them even yesterday I, I can't remember what was said but my daughter said something and someone said, well, how do you know that? And I said, well, maybe she know, like, knows it within. And so mm, even yes. in front of them, just kind of explaining it in that way of like, it's okay to not have evidence. If you know it within, trust that and just see how that plays out. Yes. Yes. That is so big. The subtle affirmations. Mm-hmm. I think that would be such a good tip and supportive. And I had the same experience with my daughter and I do the same thing. Whereas yesterday we were on a walk and it was windy and cold and I was wearing her hat and I, in my head thought, Oh, I might, I should offer this to her. And then I muted myself and said, Oh, if she needs it, she'll ask. And literally within two seconds, she turned around and goes, mom, can I have the hat? I was like, Oh, this was so weird. Okay. Yes. Here you go. And so we do that all the time. And 
You're right. And I think I said something and I said, Lily, I was just thinking that. And she just kind of smiled like, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. We're so I into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are super helpful. I love that. And so you're traveling and you have your babies and you're figuring out your diet. And I want to touch on homeschooling too. I think that's mm-hmm. obviously you're traveling. So that's going to be your option. But yeah. Did that just come and fall in place with noting that you were leaving your house and that structure or were you always homeschooling? No, my daughter was in first grade in public school when we left. So she was seven when we left. And when we were leaving it, just it was like, okay, how are we going to teach the kids? And at that time, we were not as, I think the life that we live now has or the way that we live also has gradually changed in the four years that we've been traveling. And in the beginning, it was very much like, okay, we're leaving this structured school. Do we need to like emulate that and try to do exactly what that school is doing? Like what, what do we, and it was just overwhelming too. And I think that's a lot of things with homeschooling and other parents that I talk to is There are so many options to the curriculum that's out there. It is so overwhelming. I feel that because every child is different, there almost needs to be a large variety of homeschooling options. You know, things that work for us, we keep it very simple, um, but that might not work for another family. And I think with homeschooling, you have to truly get more in tune with what works for you and what works for your child. And that's what I like a lot about it is there are days when one child is exhausted and not wanting to even focus or do anything. So you get, you have to get creative and it's like, okay, let's do this, this one section for 15 minutes. We'll see how far we get, you know, and you just, you give it that time and you just see how that goes. And we have had a lot of trials and tribulations when it comes to homeschooling and trying to see what fits. And we've landed on a curriculum that seems to work best for us right now. And that's what I like to say is like, this is what is working right now for us. (laughs) You know, that's so refreshing to hear because I think sometimes you can equate homeschooling to this idyllic version of your home and your reading and it's beautiful and the kids are playing. And in reality, there's emotions and there's chaos and there's sickness and there's, I'm not doing this. And you're the only one there. So that is one of the most refreshing. And as someone who is attempting homeschool and doing that, but only with one so far to just hear that and say, that is the almost, I don't want to say luxury, but that's the benefit of yeah. homeschool too. And to not be rigid. I think that's a really good yes. perspective and place that you found. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And with traveling and homeschool and everything, what benefits and experiences has it brought to you and your family? I mean, that was such a massive shift and you've done it for four years. I'm right. sure this is a very long <laughs> list, but if you could kind of just bring some highlights forward yeah. to share, I'd love to hear. Absolutely. Yeah. So many. I think the biggest ones are the way that we interact as a family. We didn't see each other very much before, you know, the kids were going to preschool or grade school or, you know, camps and soccer and dance and 
jujitsu, like all the things. And then Ryan and I were both working and I was uh, at home working and um, my mom was helping out with the kids a couple days a week. And so it was really working out well for us, but we weren't spending the 24 seven that once you move into an RV, what that creates. So in the beginning, it was very much like, want like just beautiful like it was exciting we're seeing all these new things and everything and then after a little while you get more settled and you realize like okay there's you're constantly planning because you need to know where you're going to go next and um, we've always had a big rig so does that rig fit what does that look like what are you going to have to pay in a campground Um, when you're traveling and you're moving your home every week to three or four weeks, things happen. It's like if a car breaks down, that happens. When you're driving it all the time and your home is behind you, you have more tires, more springs, more everything that can hit a huge something in the road and have issues. I mean, we have had so many things that have forced us into the go with the flow. You are safe, everything's okay. And I think that's the biggest thing is you're learning to be with each other all the time. And so you're learning everyone's personalities, you're moving with that, you're doing all of that. And then you also are learning that planning is super important, but you have to go with the flow. (laughs) Oh man, Um, that's a big lesson. That's hard. Yeah. And with that, our children, I think have gained confidence that would in the situation that we were in before they would not have had. I'm not saying that children cannot have confidence by living the way that we were living, but it was just the way that we were living at that time was not giving our children the confidence that they, and attention that they needed. Now I feel that they are super confident. You know, my daughter would, she was extremely shy and now she will talk to adults that she doesn't know very well and um, confidently answer questions when she's being interrogated about how she likes homeschooling and traveling and you know (laughs) the same questions so she can kind of just be on repeat (laughs) why do people do that it's so interesting I mean I think they're curious but yes the grilling that you receive when you're alternatively living yes (laughs) exactly um yeah and I think it's just Yes, you just, you learn so much about yourself and others. You have to, if you need alone time, you have to make the effort to make that happen. And you just have to call it out. You just have to say, I'm having my alone time. I don't want to be disturbed for this amount of time, you know, and it just has to be ground rules of how that is. So, because you, you don't get that in any way, shape or form, as you know. Yeah. Yes. I think you hit so many big things of there are many beautiful experiences and places that you get to see and the wonder, but then there's that flip side of, yeah, you are together. And how do you adjust? I remember when we were traveling for our stint, 
people would say, you know, if you were able to be together and manage and not fall apart within that period, like that's the testament of true health and wealth in your family, because there are moments where, like you said, things break down and, or I remember one time we took the wrong turn and we're going down an elevation that our brakes can't handle. And we barely stop on the side of the road. And then you're just like, well, we almost just died, but I think yeah. we're okay. Who wants peanut butter jelly sandwiches now? <laughs> you know, like, how do we adjust and everyone's safe? Yeah. Do you want to say one more thing? Yes. Because the community of the, like, the RV community is amazing. If someone is in need of help, like, people are immediately there to help. And we've just met such as you, just the most amazing people since being on the road and traveling. And so I can't imagine not having the people in my life that I have now. That is deserving of a spotlight because from outsiders looking in, there was a lot of fear of, Mm -hmm. oh no, there's, it's not safe. No one's going to help you. What's going to happen? And I had the exact flip side and you were a huge piece of that, of welcoming and saying, Hey, you're on the road. Let's come over here. Come meet us. And what do you need? How can we learn and be together and travel together? And it was so refreshing. Again, that's the word that keeps coming when I'm talking to you is just, it was a beautiful And I don't, I think of like an underbelly of society that you don't Mm -hmm. understand unless you are in it and it is beautiful and dynamic and supportive. And yes, you get some people who aren't on that level, but for the most part, it's beautiful. And I think community is so important. So having that ability to, when you're out there and you all are all alone, it's behooves us to congregate and say, let's get our kids together. Let's do this life together because more often than not, many people have the same reasons of why they're out there and why we are living this lifestyle. So that's beautiful. I love it. Okay. Shifting a little bit, you recently completed the international school of healing arts certification in detoxification. Can you tell us about this program and I know we kind of have heard what might have inspired you, but more recently, what has inspired you to pursue this now? Yes. Since going through all of that, um, I have definitely been on a constant path of learning more about how what we put in and on our body affects our body and our, I mean, just holistically how we live. There's just been a lot of growing in that, and I've learned a lot And recently I have a friend who was diagnosed with a bone disease. And in that meantime, I found a, I was sent a video of a man named Dr. Morris, and he has been doing for like 50 years, been helping people to um, heal from chronic diseases because I was able to heal myself from a not chronic disease. I guess eczema could be chronic depending on, but anyways, um, I was very interested in it. And I've always been wanting to help others heal from when I was young. And so I took this course. Um, I, I mean, first, before I even took the course, I just watched so many videos. I read his book. I mean, all this stuff and realized this absolutely is what I am being guided to pursue. 
and um, too many things aligned in a way that are just like, yes, you have to do this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I took the course, got the certification and have been helping her through her process. And um, she's still very early in the process, but I feel strongly that she is doing what she needs to do to heal herself. That's amazing. And with that, I know you've shifted your diet and how your lifestyle even more so since doing this program. Could you touch on what that looks like now for you? How would you describe your diet and your eating habits now? Yeah, the easiest and the maybe least shocking way to talk about it is (laughs) raw vegan. You know, the labels are just funny because it does help you pinpoint kind of an idea of what something is about, but obviously there's more to it. Um, I really do my best to have mostly fruit. I have found, especially recently with the energies going on, I do need a little bit of grounding. So I will have vegetables um, because that they are more grounding, but fruit is the highest energetic foods that we can put into our body. And because of that, it brings our body into an, the alkaline state that it wants to be in. And you get the true energy of what your body needs to survive throughout the day. When I'm just having fruit all day long, it's like hydrating me in a way that I can't even explain. Like I used to still have a little bit of eczema um, that was still hanging around. And when I went to, I did two weeks of just all fruit and it was gone within the first three days. Like, and that has not happened to me before. Like I, it was like, oh my gosh. And part of the eczema thing is that my left foot got extremely swollen and now it just looks like a normal foot. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's so interesting. And so we're striving to be in an alkaline state. That's where our body wants to be. I know I've heard this before too. Why is a typical American diet that we see now causing so much dis-ease and disease in our body? Eczema in your case, uh, we've had eczema in our case and like gut symptoms and issues. I mean, why, I guess, I don't want to say it's wrong, but why is it not providing our bodies with the optimal health? Yeah. Yeah. It's Why? a big question. Yes. It, and this is this is one of those questions I could probably do a two or three hour talk on. <laughs> yes, I know. You're right that yeah. there's so much. But yeah, for someone who yeah. maybe doesn't even know, right? Where would you Absolutely. even start and say, yeah. maybe start to think about that? Or this might be the reason yes. why it's causing some exactly. issues. As you know, I'm a why person. So I'm always asking why is this in dis-ease? Like, you know, no matter where we are, we live in a world that is dualistic. So we have the positive and negative and food is alkaline and acidic in our body. And when you are eating foods that are acidic, when you put it into your body, your body's looking for balance. So it's actually giving molecules to that acidic food to bring it to balance like coca-cola right it's like super acidic i think it's like a 2.5 or something like that so when you're drinking a soda pop 
you're putting it into your body and your body is doing everything it can to be able to process that. And our bodies are so amazing, but to process that it, so it's giving the molecules in our body to the acidic things that are coming into your body to then balance. So it's taking energy from your body to have this acidic food in you. Mm-hmm. So when you're having things like processed foods and dairy and soda and things like that, that's what's happening. I mean, coffee's acidic, right? So you're at, like, it gives you that stimulant because it's making your heart go really fast, but it's actually, and it's, re- you know, releasing cortisol. So you're actually taking the energy from your body. That's why you feel that dip after you have coffee is you're feeling that dip because you've lost the energy that you've just given up Mm. for this. That makes sense. I think that's really, really helpful to just start to understand why and where these changes can have impact. Because I think probably one of the biggest things I see with people is fatigue and lack of vitality. And then they're not sleeping well, or this reverse cycling of they don't have energy during the day. And then they're wide awake at night. Is that something that this program and this diet would help support? Yeah, exactly. It's depending on where you are and what you're looking for is the degree of kind of how you need to go into this. And so because everyone is so different, every protocol is going to be different. Yes. Your whole idea is to have an alkaline body. So just if... If all you're going to do is work to have more alkaline, if you can go more raw, you will start on the path of healing. Okay. That makes sense. So speaking of raw, the benefits are what you just explained. It gives you alkalinity and more energy and also hydration. That was something that you spoke on. Are there any benefits to having some cooked foods or vegetables and So being raw vegan, I think that gives us a pretty good landscape of what is in this diet versus what is not. But I am curious, is it best for our bodies? And I think like short and long-term to be mostly raw and or fully raw, or can anything be cooked? Again, it depends on where you're at. With a plant, you have all these amazing minerals and vitamins that are just, they're in it. And by cooking it, you're actually killing what's in it. And so I never like to say like, don't ever have it because that's so difficult for people to think about is to never have cooked food again, because with all the flavorings that go on things, it's hard to not think about never having that again. It's if you are having a debilitating disease and you're, you're in a chronic situation, you need to immediately give yourself that attention and, you know, give yourself that love to want to cure and heal yourself. If you want to have steamed vegetables for lunch, then do that. You just know that that's not a healing food, you know? So like, it's more about the awareness always of what you're putting on and in your body. That makes sense. And starting there and then making the choice from once you have the knowledge. And I think that's what you would help people with is 
here is what I've learned and how this can support. And then making a plan to say, how do we get you closest or most supportive to this uh, to get you optimized and back to health, which is the key goal. Because I know a lot of, some people will hear this and say, that is so radical and so out there. So I'm curious, I know you are doing this, your family is eating this way. It sounds like you're having a lot of benefit. I'm curious, would you suggest this for the everyday person or is this really supportive and should start for someone who is, has a major diagnosis is struggling with something super chronic. I think that's where people start to become more open because they're in so much pain. But I mean, is this really like the key to health that a lot of people we should be hearing and listening more to that this could really benefit us. And if you aren't seeing the issues yet, it would be good to at least understand this. Yes. Yeah. We are bombarded with things that give us dis-ease, whether it is from biology, like our genes, whether it's coming from the toxins that are put in our food, water, air, the lotions, the shampoo, the, you know, toothpaste, like depending on if you are aware of all of that stuff and what you're doing to yourself and don't blame yourself like you don't know what you don't know but like if you are not aware of what that is you are causing dis-ease in your body Mm -hmm. or you were born unfortunately with dis-ease in your body depending on how just unbalanced or toxic your parents are you know because of their parents and their parents like we've we've gone through this for a long time and now because we've been through this for a couple generations of toxicity there's a lot of children that have disease you know and then the stressors that we have in life that causes disease you know there's it's more than even just the toxins it's also just emotionally how are we doing And energetically, I think of the busy cities and uh, just the way we set up our life, the lack of sleep and Mm -hmm. yeah, to your point and the lack of forest and nature and just coming back. I mean, it's a long list. And to your point of, if this is brand new to you, this might feel very overwhelming, but odds are there's something that probably isn't feeling good in your body or in your life. And if you start to take stock of how fried you are or different things that are happening. I think we can all pinpoint a couple of things that it sounds like this could be really supportive. So thinking though, of like the toxicity, this program you did talk a lot about detoxification. Can you explain Mm -hmm. what is like, I think we have a concept of detoxification a little bit, but why is that so important and, or how can people support themselves with detoxing safely and, or where do you even start? Yeah. So our bodies are amazing, so amazing, and they are detoxifying every single day. That is their main function is processing the nutrients that come into our body and clearing out and detoxifying what we don't want or need in our body. And so that's a function that happens every single day, all all day long. And if we are not supporting that process that's when things get clogged and diseased you know we can think of like our stomach and all of that as kind of like the kitchen so that's where you get 
the nutrients and everything into your body. But then we have to have a way to filter out and put it into the sewer system. And our lymphatic system is the sewer system. And so a lot of our issues are because our sewer system is not working properly. And it's because it gets clogged. We're not putting in what we need to keep it healthy. And so it gets clogged and backed up. And when you have a backed up system, you got to purge it and you got to clean it out. That makes sense. And is this something that you would recommend doing with someone like yourself, a professional to understand how do you actually start to do this? Is there things that we can do at home or begin to become aware of that will support this drainage and detoxification? I'm all about people empowering themselves to heal. And yes, you do it. You take the ownership, you find what works for you. If you need support and you want guidance because it can be overwhelming, I'm here for you. There's lots of other people that are there for you. Like you can have help and not feel so overwhelmed. But my my feeling is we all need to empower ourselves to heal. And so much is it's holistic. You know, you have to believe it in yourself that you can heal and that you're going to go through all of the trials and tribulations of it because detoxifying is, can be super intense. I mean, the amount of toxins that we have in our body, if we have not been like, I would say the way that I have done it has been a slow detoxification because it was like every time I would learn something, I would incorporate more and more and more. But if you're in a situation where you're ready to just do it and get it done and kick it in its booty, you can go through some major symptoms of detoxifying. And a lot of even old injuries can come up. Like when I went through the two weeks of fruit only, my shin started hurting when I had an injury when I was a child. I had a basketball hoop fall on my shin and it was hurting. And I had that image come into my mind of that incident. I mean, that was when I was like seven years old, you know, that was so long ago and that came up. So, so much of that stuff is going to come up. You can relive trauma because trauma gets held into our bodies and you can relive that. So having someone to support you, whether it's a friend, family, or, and someone like me is also something that's super important. That makes a lot of sense. It makes me think of like caffeine and alcohol. I think just starting even there, those two things that yeah. I'm like drinking my coffee and I'm like, I know. And I've, I have got the inner pull that I need to switch to like something like cacao and I'm trying, yeah. but those are two things that make me think that the majority of the society can relate, whether they're drinking yeah. caffeine or alcohol, how do those affect our system? I think sometimes we disconnect you talked about caffeine of that dip and such, but why, I guess, how, why are those not being supportive? And could you offer some alternatives so we can start to maybe replace some of these things that right now feel quote unquote supportive, or we more probably more habitual and we rely on to some sense, but how do we start to wean ourselves and, or find things that will 
if we want that ritual and or something we can do in community when we're out, uh, how do we begin to empower ourselves or give us a replacement? I think some people need. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll start with alcohol. Alcohol, I mean, when you get down to it, it is a numbing purpose. It's something that is accepted heavily in around the world as something that if you're not doing it, there might be something wrong with you. But it is something that is actually very detrimental to everyone's health. And I think everyone knows that, but we just don't accept it. We don't, you know, put it in as like, oh, this is hurting me. Because when you look down to like the molecular of it, it's it's just poison. You're just putting poison in your body, you know. But it is super difficult for people to let go of that because it is a social thing and it numbs us from the stresses in our world. It, it allows us to just escape when we don't feel like we have any other escape. And so when you're looking at something like that, it's again, looking at it holistically of what are you looking for when you're going to these things? And um, with alcohol, there's so many herbs that can support you to relax. And, you know, just a few is St. John's wort, of course, the ones everyone knows of chamomile and lavender and lemon balm is amazing the melissa plant is oh my gosh that one is such a staple in our house for relaxing <laughs> so finding something like that that maybe can work for you um, the social expectations is something that when i stopped it was something where people were just like oh are you okay you know and when i would just because I did it purely for health reasons, I realized it was part of what was causing me to have health issues. And I would say that it is because of health reasons that I'm stopping. And yeah, when you go through something like this, and you're detoxifying, it changes a lot in your lifestyle. So it could be that maybe you do, and this is a fear is like you do maybe lose a couple friends because they can't support you in that way. And um, you know, you have to examine, like, is that the support that I really want? Like, if they're not able to support me without alcohol, is that something I really want? And, you know, alcohol is such a big topic. And so that's, it's hard to just touch on that a little bit. But those herbs are something that can help you if you're just looking for that relax relaxation at the end of the day. For coffee, when you are drinking coffee, you're going into that fight or flight situation and you're stressing your adrenals out a lot. And when you do that, it affects so much of your body, but um, with that and the alcohol, it causes disruption in sleep, which then leads to other health problems. Um, it can deplete the calcium usage in a way of like, your body is needing a nutrient, so it's going to the calcium more. And with coffee, if you can do a gradual, because the way that I did it too was a gradual transfer into something like dandelion tea. Dandelion tea can give you that look of the dark look that you're looking for in the morning. And if you do like a an herbal chai with dandelion, then you're getting a little bit of that flavor that, you know, the clove and the cinnamon and, you know, all of that 
yumminess and you're getting the benefits. I mean, dandelion, I know is it's well known now, but it's so nutritional. Like it's such a wonderful thing for you to wake up and give your body this, these minerals in the morning <laughs> instead of depleting it. And so it's, um, both of those are a change of rituals though, because it is definitely a ritual situation when it comes to coffee and alcohol. My, it is. Those are all such wonderful tips. And I'm currently doing an herbalism certification and you're speaking my language. And I'm so <laughs> excited because yeah. And I, I think dandelion is a liver detoxifier as yeah. well. So not only are you supporting yourself in just minerals and getting off caffeine, but yeah allowing that to happen. I think everyone comes to the place of you want it or you don't, at least for me, I think I'm going on almost eight years without alcohol, which is crazy. And it's just after I had kids, I I didn't want it anymore. I didn't like it. I, and I was like, you want me to be sleep deprived and then drink and then expect to be functional. It's, it's not okay, but those are really great options. And I think you're really highlighting the gifts and the bounty of the plants and the herbs and the earth that we unfortunately aren't taught about. We aren't shown that look at all of these beautiful things that we can use and bring in and the diversity that can come. Because I think sometimes reflecting or some people might have fears of you want me to remove all these things out of my diet, but where's the fun in that? But when you realize that there are so many amazing recipes. There's so many amazing plants and herbs and spices and flavors and tinctures and things that you can introduce that will give you vitality. I think that's what gets me excited. I I think if you can speak to, you touched on a little bit of like the benefits you've seen, but I know you are also having this lifestyle with your children. I mean, how has that been? How have they handled this transition? And how do you all feel starting to live this way? And as you've removed some of these major, again, I go to the word toxins, but not necessarily toxins, but just triggers might be a better Mm -hmm. word. Triggers to the body that bring discomfort and inflammation and just aren't or never zapping our energy. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, they've gone through it gradually, just like me. Once we found out about what was going on with our middle child, um, we just decided we're going to change the whole diet for everybody. And so the kids, it hasn't been a huge shock to them. And actually, I think they more really like it. Um, We've changed where you know, we only are buying stuff that is beneficial to us. So they can eat whenever they want. They can help themselves to whatever they want. Um, We don't have a set time for meals because if you're hungry, you're hungry and you just eat. And even if you're bored hungry, you're still eating nutritious food. So, and then since the kids were little, I've always used plants as medicine or herbs as medicine you know if there's a symptom that they're detoxifying from it's not a oh you need to take this pill it's oh let me make you this tea or let me rub this tincture on your feet or you know like things like that so they they've grown up with this you know i would say my oldest maybe not the first couple 
well, almost the first year or two, but the rest of them, it's just, that's all it's been is natural healing. I love it. I think that's so beautiful. They're not going to know any different in a way and, and, or they're going to have the tools to say, oh, when they're older, I have a stomachache or this doesn't feel well. And they're going to go hopefully to their tea yeah. or something, or they're going to call you and say, what do I do? Versus yeah. trying to band-aid. I think a lot of what you've talked about is getting to that root, coming back to yeah. that why. And exactly. I think that is what we miss as a society and where we can get better. I mean, I th- we are all doing our best, but we aren't very good at questioning and, or right. wanting to understand what is under this discomfort, this emotion, yes. this energy, this, you know, feeling. Um, and that is where the root of healing. And, and I think that's what this program is really showing and help exactly. and supportive of. And I had one more question around this being, so if you're not ready to fully dive into this change, what would be your two top tips? that you would see have a benefit. I know every single body is different. I've thrown you really hard questions in the sense that I know you'd want to have a protocol and change, but if there was just two things that you could see really moving the needle or just starting, where would you send someone? It's of course, how serious is your situation? And also how much of a change can you handle? If you can do maybe try one day, of just eating raw food. Just try that one day and see how that goes. If you can make it to a week, just see how that goes. And just go slowly and see how things feel and work for you. And, you know, the way that we did it was we started where we were eating meat and we were only doing it maybe two times a week at one meal, you know, so it was only at dinner back then, um, two times a week or something like that. And then it got to the point where I could just, for me, I could feel the difference of how I felt not eating it and eating it. And so then it was like, oh, well, I don't want that in my body anymore because I don't feel good after that. And then it became, okay, we're just going to have one cooked meal a day and see how that goes. And we still will like, you know, yesterday we had a cooked meal, you know, but the rest of the day is all raw fruits. And my daughter loves vegetables. So she's all about the vegetables. So yeah, just start small, see what works for you. Don't, don't try to put so much pressure on yourself. Don't put yourself down. You're doing your best, you know, just give yourself credit cut out dairy. (laughs) (laughs) I, yes, I I could probably second that the dairy. Yes. Um, I am curious without having meat. I know there's a lot of talks. I remember when I was vegan for a while of taking B12 or needing to make sure that you're supplementing with some things. Is that true still? Do you have any thoughts there? Well, what type of food are you eating? If you're not eating meat? When you're eating stuff that supports you, you don't need the supplements. You don't need that extra boost because you're getting it from your fruits. You know, your fruits are actually giving you everything that you need. And it also binds with different amino acids in your body to make a complete, just the completeness that you need for your body. So it's creating everything that you need in your body. I haven't had, I actually don't know 
when the last time I had me was. I think it was four years ago. I think it was soon after we left. And for me, I have felt because I have done a really good job of watching what I'm eating, because being vegan doesn't mean you're being healthy. Mm-hmm. You yes. can eat chips and be vegan. You can, you know, like it's the vegan Oreos, the vegan soda pop, yeah, right? Exactly. All those yes. I mean, and there's so much vegan processed food that if you're eating that, you're not supporting your body. You're not, you're not supporting your body. So it's what is it that you are putting in your body and how are you supporting it? You know, I haven't needed to take supplements because I'm able to support my body. So it's, I think that's a lot of it is just what are you doing when you're cutting out something that maybe is giving you a very minimal amount of one protein, but then it's also destroying other parts in your body, you know, like what's the plus and minus of what you're doing? Yes. And I think what you've touched on is the awareness of what is a live food versus what is a dead food processed food. not going to have anything to give you energy, live fruits and raw foods that, that has that energy still within it. And that awareness of just starting there might be helpful for somebody. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Liz, you are so full of knowledge and I think we can keep going and going and going. And I think I'll have to have you on for more deep dives as you learn more and as people get more interested into this topic and all your topics that we've touched on. So to bring it closer to close, I'm going to ask you just two wild heart questions. The first Mm -hmm. being, how do you live wildly? (laughs) I once read that plants that are harvested in the wild have more nutrients than those that are cultivated in a farm. And I believe that in people too. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. So I think that's how I live wildly is I do try to be in the wild as much as I can. And I would say I'm pretty different than the average Joe in the way that I do things. Yeah. (laughs) But I think we need more of that. I think shining your uniqueness and learning and being willing to live that way is what's going to help support, I think, a more beneficial life in general here on earth. Like we need more voices like yours. We need more of the, the wild, right. To help Mm -hmm. counteract some of this I feel like I just keep seeing a zoo. Like we're all in the zoo and we're just like, kind of, we don't realize we're caged in, but we are. And so how do we break free and run free? And I think you're that perfect example. (laughs) And, you know, there's to each our own, right? We all get to choose our path, but. And just be you, just be you. Yes, exactly. Even if you can thrive in that, do that. That's amazing. I think that's. Exactly. Living wildly to however each and every one of us decides to choose that. You are just the pure epitome of the wild free girl. (laughs) And who or what inspires you right now? You know, right now, people inspire me. I just think that we are going through so much and overcoming so much. And, you know, I look at you and what you're creating in your free time with, you know, being a mom and working and everything. I just, that inspires me and just 
the way that people overcome so much is so inspiring. Oh, I love that. And thank you. That means so much. And you are so inspiring. I mean, when I was starting this, I knew you're on the top of that list. <laughs> I needed to get you on here and rekindle our connection too, because yeah. you are truly living with heart. And I think that's what I'm so excited to share and see more of that, that heart and just community, right? I think yes. to your point of people, it, it is yeah. inspiring. So thank you yeah. for sharing that and being here. Oh, thank you, Olivia. Yes, you're so welcome. So tell us how people can work with you. What are some of your current offerings? Yeah. So, you know, just let's get to know each other if you don't know me. And so you can set up a free 20 minute call with me where we just kind of talk about what I can do for you or if it even works, you know, like, let's just see if we're a good fit. And then beyond that, I have protocols of where I'm going to send you the information of what you need to send out. And then we can go through a healing protocol uh, and just go through different strategies of what would work for you to heal. There's a couple other services, but you can check that out on my website. Amazing. I will have all of her handles and website linked below in the podcast episode notes. And is there anything else, Liz? Oh gosh, this was wonderful. You're amazing. You're amazing. Thank you, Liz. Thank you so much. And I'm just so excited to hear the feedback and how people feel about this. Thank you for being you and supporting so many people and sharing your light. It is just infectious. Thank you.